Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cinema Sommelier, where we, of course, taste test movies. I am Gary T. Moore. And I'm Zachary Wasileski. And today we're going to talk about the 2017 film by Lee Unkrich, that's Coco. All right, welcome back again on a shorter week than normal to talk about the movie Coco. So this is a 2017 Disney Pixar movie. It basically follows aspiring musician Miguel, who's in a family who has banned music um, and makes shoes. And it actually exists on today's day, the Dia de los Muertos. Um, So day day of the dead. Uh, And it basically follows the Mexican culture of respecting the dead and and having the um what was it called the ancestral like pictures that they put on their afferendum the yes the 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 what of where a friend what is a friend a friend that is the word i'm looking for afferendum yep that's not right Um, yeah, so they put the pictures up on the ofrenda and it brings back um, their previously passed away ancestors. And so Miguel basically gets not even really tricked. He just gets sent into this dead world and, and goes and visits the land of the dead, trying to figure out who his great great grandfather was um, and find him and get him to help send him back to the day of, or the land of the living. So this movie, I mean, it's 2017. It has just like twists and turns. So we will probably have spoilers. I'm sure that that will come up in this. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's on Disney plus right now. I'm sure it'll stay there for forever. Um, But it is very bright, very colorful and just a fun Disney Pixar movie. I, yeah, I'll, right off the bat, I was a huge fan. Um, I remember seeing this uh, in Georgia. I didn't see it when I, like, in the theaters or anything like that. But I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll watch it, maybe I won't. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so gorgeous. Um, uh, I, I was just reading some facts uh, about this, and it took them, it was in production for six years. That's crazy. Which, that means 2011. That means... Uh, I was still at UNCW. No, I wasn't even at UNCW yet because I transferred there in 2012. That is insane. Uh, so six years uh, to make. Um, and uh, I, I think it's worth it. worth it. It is also Mexico's highest grossing movie ever, apparently, which is... Phenomenal. That's a, yeah, that's a feat. Right. Especially for like an animated film. Jesus. Like, so good. So good. Um yeah, the thing for me with with how much time they took in production to make this movie, it also really translates over onto the screen, not only the images and just like the detail that they put into it, but just this whole movie is based on the heritage yeah. of a culture that the United States doesn't typically follow, right? Yeah. Like it, it is a culture movie and it's something that can be very hit or miss when it's done by a company like Disney who in my eyes, I'm like, they could just profit off of whatever they try to profit off of. But this doesn't feel like they're just trying to profit off of a culture. This feels like they're actually trying to pay respect to it. They had a lot of people who 
were put into the writing room. And I mean, all of the the cast, the voice actors and, and everyone, they tried to be as true to that culture and and pay as much respect to it as they could as they were making it, which it shows. And yeah. it was it was great. Yeah, I, I love that, that they they went with, you know, a cast that is, you know, of those cultures and of of those right. beliefs and, and, you know, everything like that. Whereas I just have a big problem with this. Um, I, I was introduced this summer and I know this this podcast isn't about this movie, but um, I was introduced this summer to a movie called Book of Life, which is kind of the same thing um it, it deals with the hispanic culture it uh it deals with day of the dead it deals with uh living and dying and stuff like that and i love the animation and everything like that and um but in the cast um playing hispanic people is uh channing tatum <laughs> and i didn't dig that at all i'm like right. why why when you have when you have uh, Guillermo del Toro and you have um, uh, Diego Luna and all these guys why are you going with one of the leads right lead Hispanic males Channing Tatum like I didn't it was also not my cup of tea but it came out before Coco did um, right. interesting animation style I like it to a point but then you you put in Channing Tatum and I was kind of lost just for that role. I love Channing Tatum. I think he's actually hilarious, but for this no. Um, right. And and they definitely didn't do that. I mean, this has like Benjamin Bratt in it as Ernesto. It has like a bunch of people who are playing very small voices as well. Like Gabriel Iglesias plays like a clerk, a clerk in it. Um Edward James almost plays a voice in this, but like they really tried to like rally around the fact of like we don't want to just whitewash this movie and exploit a large audience that is growing like disney obviously recognizes that the hispanic community is a large and growing base of fans that need to be represented in movies and and that's great but to do it in the way that they did it i think is very respectful and was honestly just amazing and something that i'm glad that a lot of americans can see and like the bridge analogy between that is is not lost on me of like we need to cross those bridges and and have an understanding of what's actually happening. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um and I I just like to talk for a minute about just the animation, just the yeah. color that they used. Yeah. It was so bright and vibrant and clean. And and I remember when it first panned to like the City of the Dead or whatever, I was like, this looks like a bowl of fruity pebbles like <laughs> that's does. how vibrant and colorful it was and i couldn't help but think like oh my god i want to see this on stage like they've done right. anastasia they've done lion king they've done aladdin and all that kind of stuff i'm like this movie would just be so pretty on stage um and i i would love to see that happen um but i was i was reading uh I was reading some facts and stuff about it. And apparently there are over like uh, seven, seven million lights that the animators had to create um, just in these, in, in, in like the beginning sequence. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Uh, and it's astonishing. Seven million lights were created for the opening shot of the land of the dead. This one shot took years for animators to dream up and create seven million lights for one shot. That's and it's 
it's crazy to me. Like I, I focus so much on the details of this, but like, yeah, having all of the background, there's so many shots of this where they do a lot of really wide frame shots. So you can see everything that's going on. Like even when there's actual stuff going on and people are talking, they had this like sort of like low, but very wide and vast viewing perspective of those people so you can see all those details and like a lot of them it's like yeah you're adding this into the background that's the focus the first shot obviously of the land of the dead was a very we want to show you yes of of course this looks like of course but that existed through the duration of the rest of the movie and that's like two-thirds of the movie if not more where they're sort of traveling through the land of the dead seeing all of the the different skeletons seeing all of the lights and there's just so much detail. I I absolutely adored that. Yeah, and you can you can kind of get lost in it, right? It's like of course. It's like what what is there to see? What Easter eggs are there? Right. And uh, apparently there are uh, a a lot. I know we see a few Toy Story Easter eggs. We see the truck right. pass by. Right. Um, and we see um, we see the Incredibles poster. There's an Incredibles two poster actually, uh, in Mexico. Um, I saw there. a bunch of, they had, um, I don't know if they were pinatas or something, but they had like them, like a Buzz Lightyear and like a couple other ones that were sort of hanging up at one point in the movie as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, apparently there was a, a little Nemo, uh, on one of the tables. There was, okay. um, uh, and there was a, on one of the, uh, the the mantles that they place out, there was apparently a Steve Jobs and a Don Rickles, who were Mr. Potato Head and, of course, Steve Jobs. Um, Interesting. And they, they placed them out there. I haven't seen them. I personally haven't seen them. Right. But I have read about them, and I would love, if somebody has seen them, please comment a picture below uh, on our Instagram, on our, on our website. I want to see them. I want to see them uh, yeah. from, when, from when you got it, you know, uh, from when you found it. And it's just it's just things like this owning your own franchise like this owning your own huge corporation like this it's just a fun thing to do they don't right. have to do it right it's, it's like when they did bloopers for like Toy Story that's like an extra six months of work that you right. didn't have to do um but it's for like forty five seconds two minutes of like okay that's a lot of fun that's really it's cool. something where to me and and maybe. I have a biased view of, of Disney and and how their editors and and artists work, but it almost shows just how fun they kind of have doing this. Like they know that they're making a masterpiece. Like you you sign on to do these movies, you know, like this is expected to be immaculate. Like this is almost expected to be perfect. And in this case, like they know that they're artists, and they know that they if they put these small details in, it's almost expected now. You want to see allusions to previous pixar and disney of the past but also like an easter egg that later when the next movie comes out you can come back and see oh they did have this thing from the next movie that was in it i don't know what it was in this case what movie followed Coco, i think it was but... incredibles 2 right okay i think it was or at okay. least incredibles 2 was pretty soon after right right so so they usually do stuff like that and i i feel like that's just the fun that whether it's the writer's room, the artists, the editors, whoever just enjoys doing and being like, Hey, can we include this in there now? Um, so that's, that's some of the, to me, the best parts of viewing Pixar movies is looking for those and trying to follow along with the the fun and, and bright, colorful stories as well. But, but yeah, the animation 
absolutely phenomenal. Like I loved the bridge that they walk across to get into the oh land of God, the dead, yes. like just full of these flower petals and every step sort of like brightens up all of the flower petals that you stepped on. And that alone isn't even the most impressive animation. It was yeah. so beautiful and so mesmerizing to watch, but they later have like a water sequence, which I would argue is the best animated water sequence I've ever seen. Maybe up until Luca just came out, oh. but this, this really, it set the precedent of like, this is what is possible with dropping somebody into water, having them swim out. Like it, yeah. Master, masterpiece for the editors. Absolutely. And I was I was just reading, uh, marigolds are the only living plants you will see in the land of the dead, which makes sense. And it's just small details like that. They could have right. put plants. It would have been easy to just, hey, we'll put plants here. But, right. but no, because it's not in this universe, right? Um, also, apparently, when you see anyone play the guitar in Coco, they are playing the correct notes, which is... I think odd for a cartoon to do, right. but also extremely important because like how many, t I mean, the whole movie is about music. Right. Uh, you, I mean, he, he's sitting there uh, looking at his idol on TV, playing the guitar and he's, he's playing along and you see his fingers on the notes and everything like that. And it, it, it's just so uh, just, just the detail alone in this movie. I could go on and on and on. Right. This could be the full 30 minutes on just the details of this yeah. movie. It's yeah. just, it's so, it's one of those movies, honestly, you could watch on mute, I feel, and just yeah. have it on, and it's just gorgeous, and, um, you know, maybe then if you weren't paying attention to the dialogue, which is also very, very well written, um, maybe you would notice that uh, there's an Incredibles 2 poster, or right. there's one shout-out, and I was reading this because I definitely did not see it, there's one shout-out to The Shining, where you see The Shining twin. I, I saw this too, yes. I so want to see it. There's two shout outs to The Shining. So oh. there's The Shining twins that happen in one of the scenes in The Land of the Dead. There's also a previous shout out. So the director, um, Lee Un Uncritch, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. But he is a big fan of The Shining. And actually, I'm pretty sure his Twitter is mostly just praise over The Shining, um, which I find funny. But he put in, in one of the earlier scenes, he put in a axe on a stump. And then behind it was a red drum, like a red barrel. So like red drum and an axe right next to it. Okay. Was an okay. homage okay. to The Shining as well. So, so little fun things like that, which are are just so fun. And like, obviously I didn't notice this. I had to research it afterwards. But like, yeah. it, it just goes back to that point of whatever you're inspired by, whether it's a previous movie or an artist or something, like you really can pay homage to that and pay it forward and say like, this is all because you set that path and you were an inspiration to me. And now I'm going to be hopefully an inspiration to a bunch of, of people going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of the shining, I get, it comes up a lot in Disney Pixar because uh, um, in, I think it's what Sid's house, Sid has the carpet from the shining, right? Which is like, like, unless you were like oh, watching these side by side, I don't know, <laughs> especially when you were watching it in what? 96. It's like, right. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't notice that. A kid's not going to pick up on that. But of the course. adults might be like, oh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's The Shining right there. Right. Um, and The Shining, of course, is a classic and, movie. I, I love The Shining. And who would have thought that The Shining was going to inspire a bunch of people who are working on Pixar movies, making movies that are solely based for children, but also yeah. giving the elements for the adults and, and just the Disney, all, all ages of Disney fans to enjoy. Yeah. 
Um, so you were telling me right before we went on that this this was not the biggest and best thing for you. This was it's, not your favorite. What like what? Right. Give me some pros and cons so I can try to see because so, I I love it. It's so gorgeous and pretty and perfect. I want to know what your thought process is behind that. I go through ups and downs on this movie, and and I don't know why like i don't know if i can really put it into perspective but like the first time i watched it i'm like this movie is fantastic like i think that they did a really good job of everything that we've already discussed so far they won two oscars for this they won like best feature animated film whatever that category is as well as the song um for remember me which both deserved Uh, i don't know who they're competing against maybe there was another one that was also as great but they deserve to be at least recognized for their achievements Second time I watched this and third time I watched this, it it kind of gets a bit mundane. Once you know the twists and turns, once you've heard all of the songs and you've heard them over and over again, I don't necessarily enjoy it as much. And I, I don't know if I'm comparing it to something like a Frozen, where I feel like every time I see Frozen, I'm still in awe of just like how great that movie is. And that also being Disney, like I I just, I hold it up and say like, this is fantastic. I've watched this for the third time and it's still great. Or I've watched this for the fifth time and it's still great. This one, I'm still in awe of a lot of the editing, a lot of the details, but I'm less in awe of the story. And, and maybe that's just because it's not really designed to be for me, right? Like there's a target audience for this. and, And I think that it definitely hits a lot harder there, which as you said, being the, the biggest um, movie that's been released in Mexico since it's been out like that, that's phenomenal. And like, that just shows that maybe they didn't make this movie for me. And maybe that's why I just don't enjoy it every other time, but then I'll still turn it on and say like, Oh yeah, you know, but like there's still stuff that's so captivating and and so overwhelming that it just depends on where I'm at on that day. Do I really need this? I'm still, I still get teary eyed halfway through all the twists and turns. Like it's still emotional. They still do a great job of building that in the story but otherwise like i the songs i just kind of want to skip through most of the time and that's not what i want in a movie that's all about music all about music yeah yeah right. no okay okay uh side note it beat out the boss baby the breadwinner ferdinand and loving vincent uh okay i haven't i don't know if i've seen a handful of those was i think loving vincent was that movie that like went all through van gogh's artwork and it was like a movie mm, yes i wanted to see it i never did um but i'm also looking at this and uh, but it for, wasn't disney you know and i feel like disney disney historically it, always gets the best feature animated movie which i don't necessarily agree with because i feel like that's they're not always the best so soul uh, was this year or, or t- uh, a year or two ago? Toy Story Four, Spider Man, Spider Verse beat out Good t- Toys or uh, uh, Incredibles Two and Ralph Breaks the Internet, which it should have. Good. Uh, then Coco, Zootopia beat out Moana. I like Zootopia's message better, but that's fair. Zootopia is another one for me. That, like I watch it and I'm amazed by the universe that they've built, but yeah. then I've seen it a couple times and it's less and less impactful can, on my I, life. I, I get that, and I. But I will say that like everyone needs to see it. I think especially I completely it's agree. Great for little kids because it. I mean, it teaches. Hey, don't don't be a racist. You know what I'm Diversity, saying? Like, right. Yeah. So, um, 
Inside Out, Big Hero 6, Frozen, Brave, right. Rango, but there wasn't really a there wasn't a Disney movie that year. Toy Story 3, Up, Wally, right. Ratatouille. Yeah, so I'm glad so it happened. In the 2000s later, it's mostly just Disney. And yeah. And that's not to say that Disney isn't getting the best people and the best directors and artists and, and everyone in their craft. Of course, they're going to win a, a vast majority of it. But I think there's so many like small animated films that are just as meaningful and just as impactful. They just don't have as big of a budget. True, um, true. So, I, I so it's that. kind of a, a mixed bag for me on knowing Disney and knowing their brand and knowing that they're really just as a corporation trying to maximize their profits. I don't, I don't like the thought of them sort of exploiting certain things. Like in this movie, I don't think they are. Yeah. I don't think they're exploiting the the culture and the heritage here because I think that they really did it in a, an eloquent way and a true and honest way. But I, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of them doing that because they see success from movies like this. If this movie was less successful and this is like, no, we needed to make it because we think that this is important and meaningful. I would probably enjoy this movie or, or give it higher praise because it was less of a revenue growth for them. Okay. But again, I think more from the business perspective of this, knowing that still the artistry and everything else is phenomenal. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I, it, it's what tears me up. Yeah. I'm going to have to call Shelby back uh, <laughs> on, on this one. Um, yeah. So what, okay. So we mentioned music and of course this whole thing is, I dare say a musical, which I mean, could, that's why it could work on stage so well. Right. Uh, what was your, what was your, like, out of the songs that they did, what was your favorite song? See, this is where it becomes tough. I think the most fun one for me and the one that I, I see myself every time it comes on, I'm like, you know what? Like, this one's cute. Is the Un Poco Loco one where he's okay. dancing around on the stage. And okay. I think that there's also the drama that's happening in that scene. Yeah. Because, like, it's him conquering his fears, doing his first musical performance on a stage in front of people. So you've got that between Miguel and Hector. You've also got his family like searching around for him in the background. Yeah. And I'm like, the, they really tied all of the drama and the tension together and him conquering his fears. Like it was just a really, a perfect song with a perfect scene that was yeah. done. Yeah, it, it, it really, really like uh, sets the, the, the scene up, right? Right. It's like, right. it's kind of like this everywhere song and, you know, the scene is everywhere. And uh, it's also very fun. The lyrics are insane. Like, of course, I, I loved it. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. It's, it's same, same one. I mean, now remember me, of course, is gorgeous and, and great and perfect. But Un Poco Loco is just, it's, it's crazy. It's a little it, crazy. And it, it, kind, it kind of fits that that movie like so well because it's like it really just does have like a fun lighthearted feel to that versus remember me and, and maybe that's the one downside to me is like it it won for the best song in a, a movie that, for the oscars but they play that song so many times or at least pieces of that song so many times in the movie that by the time you get to the end and this song is this like deep heartfelt emotional song from a father to a daughter it it almost is like I've heard this song like 10 times. Like I haven't heard it in this situation. And I haven't heard it with the message that was intended behind it. But I almost just wish it wasn't as 
present throughout the duration of the movie and they just like had it come at the end to really punch home and like I would have just been like full waterworks if like that was the first time we've heard the full song I think I would have been otherwise like I was just kind of teary-eyed and be like oh that's what the song means yeah but I mean they also they also kind of like uh break that wall down and make fun of themselves for that right Uh, no they do when he's getting ready to go he's like it's like, don't play Remember Me. It's like, why? And then they show everybody, everybody. else that's going on right. the talent show is getting ready to sing Remember Me. And so he's like, oh, Poco Loco. And he does that and it kills and oh, just so good. Just, right. yes. Yeah. I, but I yeah. but I do see what you're saying. If they would have left it out a little bit, at least if they would have cut it out like two out of the 30 times that they played right. it and maybe not played it so close to the end it might have been a little like, oh, this is the actual meaning and this is right. what you see. So yeah, I I, I, I do completely get that. I do. Yeah. Do you, do you have like a favorite, I don't know if it's like favorite scene, favorite element to this movie. Like obviously the, the visuals are, are probably the best element to this movie, but like what's the one thing that like draws you to watching this movie and be like, that was fantastic. Um, I, I, I really like, um, well, I, I, I love the sidekick dog. I, I think those okay. are fantastic. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I'm honestly kind of sad when he earns his like color color because I'm like, what happened? Like, did you, right. did you I, I completely agree. Do you actually die? like, um, but I like how it took kind of more of an adult twist. Like yeah. he killed him by poisoning him while they were drinking. Right. Like, I thought that was kind of cool, but also kind of very, you know, uh, a nod, I don't want to say to the culture and be offensive, but like, when you think of Mexico, the drink you think of is like tequila or something right. like strong, right? And so I thought that was fantastic. And I, and, and, uh, I, I did love that. And I love how he was like, if you will, the Elvis Presley of Mexico. Um, right. Like, so famous, so popular, but definitely has flaws. Yeah. Uh I don't to my mind. has a lot of skeletons in the closet, you might say. Ah <laughs> there we go. I don't know if Elvis murdered anybody. I'm pretty sure he didn't. But okay, fair enough, fair enough. uh if if this was based on, you know, American culture and all that kind of stuff, I think it would be the same thing, especially when a little detail I noticed when he was in the movie, like riding horseback or flying, his hair never moved. Same thing right. happened with Elvis in all his movies. <laughs> um so yeah, just it's hard to pick one, um, right. but I, I I like how they allowed you to handle death. Yeah, and I think that's huge for anybody. Uh, I yeah, I, I I like it. I like that. Yeah, cool. Um, with with that, we're almost approaching the end. Do we want to do a sixty second spit take and then do our reviews and wine? comparisons uh or drink comparisons yeah i think that would be great you want to go first or want me to go first i can go first okay yeah, take it. i think I, I think i'm ready so all right start the clock this movie I, like i said i'm sort of back and forth on how much i love this movie i don't necessarily love dante as much as you but that might be because like i almost see like the tropes that disney has and like disney always gives this like best buddy like goofy sidekick like they do it in like tangled and literally every movie frozen it's the same thing they're just gonna have an animal in there 
I love Dante and I think that he's great, but I also am just like afraid of like they're, they're doing that because they know that I'll love him. And like, it makes me angry towards them of like, you're just manipulating me to loving their sidekick animal. <laughs> but the movie is so bright. It, it covers death in, in a way that I think is, is important for people to, to see. And it covers culture in a way that I think is important for people to see. I've got to give it a, a pretty high score um, only because of, I think, the magnificence of, of how they do everything and, and how they play it in there. I don't like the songs, but I'll give it like a a 68. I, I'm going to go – I could go higher. I could also go lower on days, but I'm, I'm somewhere in a 68 range right now. Um, so apologies to all the Disney fans who love it. And then yeah. as for my – as as for my comparison, I'm just gonna pair it to like a Pinot Noir, like something very bright and and colorful, but also death and blood and red. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna try to make some sort of comparison. I think it's like a good sipping, bright, fun, casual drinking. I don't know if a Pinot Noir actually is that, but uh, you might be able to because it's a light red. Okay, okay, okay. That was uh, a lot. Um, I will, I'll go into it saying that I, I agree with you about most things, but I think the way that they incorporated Dante, especially how that is the, the national dog of Mexico and Frida Kahlo herself right. uh, and her partner owned those dogs. I thought that was great. Um, I'm a little weirded out by like hairless dogs, um, <laughs> because I like my dogs that have a lot of fur. I don't know, but, um, I thought that Dante was great. I thought that. Uh, just the animation in the bridges alone was just astounding. Um, I, I love, of course, Poco Loco and Remember Me, and I love the twist that you get. Um, even when you know it's coming, it's like, wait a second. Like, every time there's a new detail that you notice. Um, and, and I think that, that it, it was extremely well done and definitely – now, I'm not part of that culture, but I think it definitely put that culture – in a very solid uh, and and beautiful light, and I applaud Disney for that. Disney Pixar, we'll we'll say Disney yeah. Pixar yeah. for that. Um, and so, what I am going to go with for my drink uh, is tequila. I was I was thinking about <laughs> tequila, but I was looking this up, and it is a it is called the Paloma. It is the national yes. drink of Mexico. Um, and I'm trying to find out exactly what's in Paloma. Uh, but you know what? Tequila. Tequila. Terimana. Terimana <laughs> tequila. Terimana tequila. Uh, The Rocks tequila. We'll say that. Um, All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of The Rock. <laughs> Speaking of The Rock, uh, if you're listening to this. Gary wants your tattoo. I'm trying to get your tattoo, Rock, so share this <laughs> podcast with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, it, let's let's spin. Let's spin the wheel again. Let's wheel. Do it. <laughs> all right, this movie is the proposal. All right, so we're gonna go back to a 2009 rom com. So it's directed by Anne Fletcher and written by Peter Chiarelli. I mean, it's got Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock and a whole bunch of other people. Betty White is in it. Betty Mary Steenberg, Craig ah. T. Nelson. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people in this. Rom-coms aren't my my traditional love, but I think that this one's a good, fun one. Um, and definitely one that I've seen a couple times. So it's, I'm excited. It's got to be better than Runaway Bride, right? Uh, that, hey, that's fair. I, <laughs> Sorry, Emily. I didn't like it. I did not like Runaway Bride. I'm excited <laughs> to watch this movie because I do like rom-coms. Um, I do. Okay, fair so enough. So we'll, we'll see 
how it goes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, buy your or get your buy. You can buy it, I suppose. Uh, so get your engagement rings. Oh, you stole the easiest one. <laughs> your copy of the proposal. <laughs> Come and, back. Uh, is it in seattle all of them are in seattle right canada Canada. reynolds in canada all right imagine that so ladies and gentlemen for cinema sommelier i am gary t moore and i'm zachary washaleski and we'll see you in a couple weeks yeah later